This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, I'm Trish Halpin. And I'm Lorraine Candy. Welcome to Postcards from Midlife, the show where we help you through the midlife, the menopause, motherhood, and everything in between. Welcome to this special episode of Postcards from Midlife. Why is it special? You may well ask. Well, there are two reasons. Firstly, it's the last episode in this series, our first ever series of Postcards from Midlife. And secondly, Trish and I are sitting in a car recording. Um, We're not allowed into the recording studio because of the coronavirus. So that's why Trish and I are sat in a car in a car park in the middle of London, <laughs> looking across some green we're, we're fields. We're very actually. isolated. We're very isolated, but we're t- isolated together, aren't we? Yes, we're, we're not going near anybody else. We're a good distance apart, and we do have yeah. masks. We're actually in the car park at the Serpentine. Aren't show we? must go on, nice. Trish. The show yeah. must go on. Now we actually recorded our guest interview uh, before the Corona developments. So later on in the episode, you'll be hearing our chat with psychologist and mental health expert Susie. Godson, who you may remember from episode one. She is the sex and relationships columnist for The Times, and she is also the founder of an app that supports teenage mental health. We wanted to find out in particular how social media is impacting young people and how concerned we should be as parents about it. Right, so we're going to be stuck at home. Well, not us together, obviously. No. <laughs> that would be much more fun. This is our last little meeting. But we are going to be stuck at home and watching an awful lot of TV, I think, and listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, so I'd like a bit of inspiration, some ideas. So I want to hear, Lorraine, what what are you watching and listening to that I might like? We've gone retro. Oh, yeah. Back in time. 30 Rock. Oh, we love that. We've got an eight-year-old, yeah. you see, so we've got to keep it in the zone that she can watch. That's very, very funny. Mm-hmm. I've fallen in love with Alec Baldwin. It's actually quite... Good fun on Instagram as well. A bit of Seinfeld, mm. Parks and Rec. So it's kind of time to do all those shows. I never did the West Wing. I wish I'd done the West Wing. So maybe now's the time to do that. Can't do that think... with an eight-year-old. Oh, right. Okay. Do you know what I like well, from the West Wing? You can watch things on your own. You don't have to be with it's the eight-year-old. It's my favourite all the time. work phrase. What's that? Walk with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> You've adopted that, have you? I say that at work. Walk with me. Oh. And then I don't have to have a meeting and they yeah. disappear and pretend I'm going oh, to the toilet good, and then isn't it? Really leave. Efficient, multitasking. Um, I've got something that you definitely can't watch with the kids, um, which I don't know whether you've seen it yet. It's on Debbie Sky. Debbie does both. <laughs> Pretty much. It's called Mrs. Fletcher and it's absolutely brilliant. It's a kind of comedy show about this woman who's in her midlife. It's American. Her son is just leaving home to go to university and he's a real jock and he's just pretty hideous and the way he treats his girlfriends and stuff. Anyway, Mrs. Fletcher, she's a single mum and she suddenly, when the sun goes, she discovers porn. Oh my Lord. (laughs) So she's watching porn. Is she living your your second life? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I'm aiming for. But it's just, it's just, it's so brilliant. And so uh, it's definitely one to watch. I think on your own. It's it's on Sky. It's on Sky. So I highly recommend that, Mrs. Fletcher. And mid-April, Afterlife, Ricky Gervais is coming back. Afterlife? I loved it, the first one. um, Absolutely loved it. That's not the John Sim thing. Oh no, I'm thinking about Life on Mars. What's happened to you today? I don't know. Can't think straight. Ricky Gervais, (laughs) when his... 
partner dies. Oh, yeah. Come on, Trish. Oh, no, you're right. That was yeah, very good. Yeah, it's lovely. Yeah. The other thing that um, is rumbling on and could be watched on Catch Up, not with small children, but with teenagers, is Five Guys a Week. Oh, no, what's that? I'm it's a bit like, like Love is Blind. Is it real life? Is it reality you don't like TV? This, do you? No. <laughs> I don't know. Is this it? is the kind of television for which you have a WhatsApp group, oh. which is perfect for these times. Um, yes, yeah, so that's what we'll be doing, listening to lots of ABBA. I'm going to read Marion Key's Grown Up. I've heard such great She's things about hysterical. that. That's going to make me laugh. I need a bit of laughter. You do yeah. need that. Yeah. There's a cookbook. Uh, Jesse and Lenny Ware, oh, Table yes. Manners. From the podcast. Another good podcast to listen to. You might like that already. as well. Yeah. There's a new book about sleep coming out, mm-hmm. Why We Can't Sleep, by uh, Ada Kulakalhan. That might be quite useful. Say that again. <laughs> Ada Calhoun. We're trapped in a car, Trish. <laughs> That's what we'll be doing. It'd be great on Instagram if you could tell us what you're doing as well and then we can share yes. all the things. I'm going to be homeschooling the children and trying to work from home and separating the duties. So Mr Candy's going to oversee math, science mm-hmm. and things like that that he likes. And I will be art teacher. Mm. I have an outfit for this. Mm. And also PE teacher. I've got an outfit for that as well. I think I'm going to be doing food Spelling and yoga. Food and yoga. Oh, I'm rubbish at teaching stuff at school, I think. <laughs> I'm going to be doing food and yoga. Yes. And Neil's going to be stripping down a motorbike with our kids. <laughs> In the kitchen. To teach them how to do... Um, like motorbike stuff. Who'll do anyway. their sex education? Oh, Will that be you? Or maybe they could get that on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Excellent. Okie dokie. Uh, now it's time to hear our interview with Susie Godson. Susie, welcome back onto Postcards from Midlife. You're back today to talk about a wonderful initiative that you launched. It's an app that helps children and young people from the ages of 11 to 23 to deal with teenage uh, anxiety and mental health. And it has a very interesting social media application, which which is fascinating. So welcome to Postcards from Midlife, Susie. Shall we start with you, first of all, telling us uh, about the app? It's called Me Too, but it's spelled M-E-E-T-W-O. Why is it called that? And also, how does it work? So it's called Me Too because it's a peer support app. So the idea is that young people share their experiences or the things they're worried about and other kids can click a Me Too button to say, yeah, Me Too. And it was called M-E-T-O-O. This is way before Rose McGowan and the Me Too movement. But when we registered with the App Store, it turned out to be an Italian gay porn site and we didn't think oh that was going to be very good when young people were downloading it. So How we unfortunate. <laughs> so, we, so we changed it. And we've obviously considered um, changing the name uh, since the whole Me Too movement. But actually, in a weird way, it, it just resonates. It resonates. We started with uh, 13 to 19-year-olds and we've now moved down to 11-year-olds and up to 23-year-olds. We moved down to 11-year-olds because we're an NHS app and they wanted us to cover the whole of the secondary school period. And then we found that a lot of university students were using us. And obviously there's, as you know, massive mental health issues going on in university students. And so we extended it up to 23. So I come on to the app. I'm in a troubled time. I'm 16. I'm a 16-year-old girl. What, what What do I get? What's there for me? It looks and feels like social media. So it looks like Twitter, really. And you post your your problem or ask your question and you get a little kind of animation that says, mm. thanks for posting. 
And then other young people reply to you and give you advice. And it's as simple as that. What we have done is create a space where kids who feel like they are the only person who has this problem, we can connect them. So, for example, we've got quite a big autistic community. Those, those kids feel very isolated because they may, they may have a family group and a small social group, but they don't know other people who are like them. The secret... you've had some quite serious... We have, happen but on the, app the, the every single post and reply is moderated. So we have a team of 10 trade, trained, paid moderators who check everything before it goes live. So it's safe. We know it's safe. The app is also completely anonymous so that young people can talk about the stuff that they really don't feel able to talk about. And there's so much shame and stigma around mental health. It drives me crazy when people talk about how you know, there's an epidemic of young girls self-harming and it's all attention-seeking and because that's so not what we see. I mean, there's there's so much pain and distress and stigma and they don't, they don't, they don't want to upset their parents. They can't access professional help. The waiting lists for CAMs are unbelievable and unless you're suicidal, you won't get seen quickly. So there is this huge cohort. And we also know that the people who present at hospital with self-harm are only the tip of the iceberg. Yes, yeah. So it's very, I mean, it's very easy for us as parents to demonise social media, but here's obviously an incredibly good example of how it does work. You know, we tend to think that social media is a huge cause of anxiety in young people. Is that what you're discovering? Absolutely not. In fact, I, at one point I was doing a talk and I went back through 3,500 posts and I found 12 mentions of social media and they were literally in the context mm. of the post. They were nothing to do with that being the cause of the problem. What we see is old-fashioned, real-world problems, problems with family, problems with exam stress, problems with friendship. If there is bullying, it tends to be in the playground. It's not cyberbullying. Young people are going through this massive period of change, developmentally, emotionally, physically, it's always been an incredibly difficult period. And that's what we're seeing. We see the same things that I went through as a teenager that you probably went through as a teenager. But when you create a community of 18, 20,000 people, suddenly they're one of hundreds and they can connect and talk about the things that are worrying them with a community of young people that understand them in a way that experientially none of us can. I think a lot of what happens or a lot of the criticism around social media, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, young people aren't so much on Facebook, is that it makes them compare themselves to other people or to people who are seemingly leading a nicer, better, more glamorous, happier life. It's not always true. And that's the thing that most mums in the playground talk to me about. I, I, I've stopped them looking at social media because I just don't want them to see all of that. I think that's very damaging. I think children feel incredibly left out. Teenagers feel incredibly left out if you remove what is actually sometimes, as you say, a brilliant support network from them. It's not the platform, it's how they use it, isn't it? So do you find that, that the comparison thing is quite big? I think that, I mean, I think, you know, objectively, that's not healthy for young people, particularly for young girls. And I do think it causes dissatisfaction. I think that young people spend too mm. long on social media there's actually so no... that's the how you use it then yeah. again, isn't it? So there's actually no evidence that social media causes mental health problems. And it's really important to make that clear. I make that 
popular in the column on in my Sunday Times magazine column a lot, and people disagree with me relentlessly, despite being presented with all of the facts and the surveys. It it is not proven as a link. However, there is evidence that kids who spend four or five hours a day on something a like screen. Facebook, they are more likely to be depressed. However, it's chicken and egg. Are they spending all that time on Facebook? And who lets their kids spend mm. five hours on Facebook? Quite, quite a lot of people do, actually. Mm. I, I find the problem is that my kids are just on their phones for everything. They watch TV on the phone, they research stuff for school on the phone, and and it's difficult to know what they're actually doing and obviously when you sit down and talk to them I'm often really pleasantly surprised you know my daughter's like she follows Greta Thunberg and she's doing looking at the Guardian for alerts and my son's doing like nice little art collages and you you just jump to the conclusion that they're doing something dreadful on you know Snapchat or something exactly and I think we're all like that you know it's your newspaper it's your camera it's your telephone it's your email fear of change as well yeah but it's all going through one device Mm. which historically it never did before Whereas if you saw your kid going to pick up their camera and go and take some photographs, you'd think, oh, they're being so creative. But because it's through a phone, you don't see that. You know, let, let's not be naive. We have a generation of kids who are, you know, guinea pigs. Nobody has ever well, we're grown guinea pig up parents, with We are we? guinea pig parents mm-hmm. and they're guinea, guinea pig, digital guinea pigs. But I think we have to give them the benefit of the doubt you know, there is there is an extraordinary kind of rush of creativity coming coming out from young people. People like Greta Thunberg wouldn't have had a voice without social media. The 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 power that it has to disseminate information, to educate, to entertain, all of these things are hugely positive. And there's a lot of research that shows that being part of a community online increases self confidence and makes people, you know, more socially mm-hmm. adept. Do you think it makes them slightly more narcissistic, though, if that's the right word, that they are just become slightly obsessed with what they're doing all day? I see some my, my eldest daughter's sending pictures of her forehead to her friend with things written. I think, what's she doing now? For God's sake, no-one wants to see your forehead. Yeah, I mean, but young people have always experimented with identity. You know, God, when I think back to my whole weekend was shopping for clothes and experimenting with makeup and... All, all of the things that our kids mm. are doing, but they're doing that experimentation online. We we have a lot of um, young interns, you know, aged 15 or 16, working in the office because we have an open door policy because they know social media in ways that I will never be able to understand it. And we were la- they were laughing at me because I had thousands of pictures on my Instagram. They were like, oh, my God, no, I never have more than four. It's just, you know, the rules are you it's have... different language. You're, yeah. you're experimenting with your identity, with how you're portraying yourself, and you and that is a really serious edit. No there, more than there's four. There's a point probably, I, I think, when they're around 13 or 14, when they're really kind of getting into it, and that's the danger zone, I think, of when, you know, I, I know you know, friends whose daughters are starting to post sexy pictures of themselves. I mean, that's that kind of worry. What advice would you give to the parent well, of, a, of, of a child who was we, doing We that? went on holiday and forever. my daughter, who's 14, put a picture of herself. She was wearing a bikini, but for all intents and purposes, it looked like she was in her underwear. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I got sent it by a friend. He said, I think you better have a word with her. Oh, well, we've all been sent <laughs> pictures and by it, friends know, who are allowed to follow them on Instagram and I'm not allowed oh, to follow Oh, no, them. I'm not allowed to follow her, obviously. <laughs> But obviously it was taken straight down. And they are learning, that's a learning curve. Obviously there are kids whose whose parents aren't that involved in their lives and they are probably on a different trajectory. But, you, you know, 
the interactions that we have with our kids around social media and how you present yourself and your digital legacy, they are, they're all very important yeah. for both the parent and the child in how you navigate your relationship with each other. And But we are the first generation who there are no rules. So it's difficult for it's been difficult for us, I think, for the last maybe eight years, I guess it's been coming through to set the kind of... I, so I, for example, until they were 15, had a, no phones after nine o'clock curfew, hit the phones. We have a no phones at the table curfew if we're eating. Um, and no phones if we're all watching something on telly together. Now, when I did the nine o'clock, they went berserk, the girls. Berserk. They they tried to <laughs> break that rule any which way they could. They would hide it down their pyjama front. They would... Everything. They were taking these phones to bed, and it was the phones in bed that I was really... There was just no rules. Are there any rules now that you think we could... I, you know, we're all making it up you know. as, as we go along. But I think with, with common sense, uh, we're, we're able to work it out. I have, my oldest daughter is 28 and she was right at the beginning of Facebook and MySpace and she, you know, she was 16 and had a party and she had one of those parties that ended up in the newspaper where, you know, our house got trashed, the house next door got trashed, there was criminal damage, there was police. Oh, is this where everyone turns up because it's on social media? Oh, on So we we learnt a lot in that period and her younger sisters then were never allowed to have a party. Mm. And, it you know, it's the same with this. We're all learning on the job. But instinctively, we know what is enough, you know, and what is too much and, and, and we can work that out. But it's forcing us to talk to our kids about difficult issues. So issues like sex and relationships, like sexting, you know, we are actually forced to have those conversations and... To be honest, that's so many thing, parents yeah. mm. negate their responsibility in that department. So I also think that that's mm. a plus. I think it's very difficult for them to work out what's real and what's not real sometimes in that. In that. But I think having a phone and having access to that world in your bedroom during the night is the thing that frightened me the most. That was the thing that <coughs> so made within me our, most worried. Within our app, we, we shut down moderation at 11 o'clock. And we put up a goodnight message and they all know that once they if they, they can carry on posting or replying to people, but nothing will go live until 7.30 in the morning. And that is because we don't want young people posting overnight. However, because there is such huge waiting lists for the child and adolescent mental health services and because there's so little support and the, and the CAM services are giving me too to the kids on the waiting lists, we have now got this very big clinical population. And so we're thinking we can't leave them overnight. Yeah, they need, that might be their most needed time. And so I, what, we are, what we are hoping to do is team up with an Australian university and then they could do the night shift and we would do the day shift. And I think there would be quite an interesting dynamic between kids who are miserable in the middle of the night in the UK and kids who are in the bright sunshine mm. in the daytime yeah, in Australia. And they might, yeah. that might yeah. actually be quite a yeah. helpful yeah. connection. Now, Susie, there's a book as well, a Me Too book, which I believe has just won an award. Yep, it's just won the British Medical Association Health and Social mm-hmm. Care Book of the Year Award, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> uh, basically, when we were building the app, we realised that And we still feel this is true. There's so much media hype about teenage mental health and social media and nobody ever talks to the children themselves. And because we had such an amazing community, we got some of them to write their stories. 
<clears throat> and then at the same time, we were aware that there's masses of resources out there, but nobody's ever thought to put them in one Tied place. Together. Yeah. So we decided to create this directory. And while it would be great to have that on a website, actually the serendipitous nature of a book means that when a kid is sitting outside class because they've been naughty, a teacher can come and hand them this and they can suddenly say, oh my God, there's all this support available. And then we also interviewed all the... Um, top experts in adolescent mental health in the UK and so there's interviews with them as well and put them together mm -hmm. in a book and it's been massively successful. I have to say that if I mention the app in my house I just get shouted at because <laughs> they're all so sick of it. <laughs> I think you do have to think though about communication skills and the fact that they are doing a lot of their communicating via a screen so I think if you can kind of get a balance of making sure that they are really great at socializing with when there are people in the house when you've got your friends around that they're you, you know because my concern would be about if all you're doing is communicating to your friends or whatever that's a very different way you're not seeing physical yeah. sort of cues, body language, all of that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, sometimes you'll see them, I'll have about 20 teenagers in the lounge and they'll all, it'll be completely silent in there mm. and I think, what earth are they doing? Mm. And they'll all just be on their phones <laughs> next to each <laughs> other. However, I, I, first of all, I think there are individual differences between young people and some young people are fantastic at socialising mm. and they're really outgoing and they will, you know, charm granny and the aunties and there are others who are truculent and silent. Well, and, for whom it's hell, you know, kind of. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't, I just generally don't think you can have a kind of one size fits all mm, approach mm. to teenage behaviour. And, you know, you get, you get what you're given when it comes to kids. And ultimately... Can you take them back then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they all, you know, most of them one turn of out okay in the end. You know, the, the teenage years are not known yeah. for, 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 you know, being a great time to get, you know, kids to be communicative in that respect. Mm, so. Mm. so from your point of view, for mums and dads listening to postcards from midlife, it isn't a bad thing. You do not have to ban it from the house or police it in an extraordinary way. You just have to talk to your children about it and your teenagers about it. I mean, I, I think you could stop at talk to your children because I think a lot of us are very guilty of being on our phones ourselves. Yes. And, you know, there's evidence that children's speech patterns are being delayed in the early years because, we're because not, they're not being communicated mm. with properly. So it's, I mean, I feel that social media has been an easy target. It's new on the block. But if I look at what's really going on in the app and we have the most incredible data on what young people are worrying about, they're much more concerned about, you know, their parents fighting or possibly divorcing or issues around yeah. that, worrying about their parents. And, you know, instead yeah. of worrying about social media, it's it's important to look in the mirror well, and think, Well, sometimes How we deflect we? it, don't we? Mm, we yeah. distract mm. it. And, and often you're just looking for something to blame when you feel out of control or mm. a total failure. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm constantly telling my daughter yes. to get off her phone. Mm. But I, I think we have we have to maintain some perspective over it. The fact that it's new and different and we don't understand it doesn't mean it's bad. They said that about newspapers. Television. They said that about <laughs> TV, about radio, about new technology <laughs> freaks everybody out. But mm -hmm. I think, you know, the human race has survived worse than TikTok. <laughs> I'm quite good on TikTok. Mm -hmm. 
This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, those were wonderful words of wisdom from Susie Godson. Now, this may be our last episode of this series, but we are going to be back for another series in a few weeks' time. Hurrah! Um, So we've been looking through some of your lovely comments, some of your letters, some of your emails, Instagram, and actually your really lovely reviews, which have been really heartwarming, actually, because we did this podcast to get information out there so that women in this stage of life who were worried about anything would have somewhere to turn and experts to listen to. This one, really, I really like this one, mm-hmm. Trish. Yep. I love this podcast. I'm 43 with two adolescent boys. Oh, imagine oh, we that. know that. Yeah. Hard work. Listening to you and your guests is both funny and enlightening. I'm so glad this conversation is now being had, giving women like me a heads up, giving us the information that has otherwise been severely lacking, and most importantly, empowering us at a time when we feel like we're losing control. I'm not on the decline. Lorraine, Trish and your guests, you have made me feel like this is the next episode. Oh, I like that. But we've been getting um, quite a few from women telling us that their GPs are refusing to give HRT, which is just really shocking and yes. awful, isn't it? It's also something that came up in the recent Mumsnet survey where one in four women had been to the GP at least three times to get the correct menopause diagnosis and medication. And a lot of them, a vast proportion of them, were given antidepressants instead of HRT, which would have been much more useful. So we asked one of our former guests, Dr. Shazadi Harper, who talked about HRT and gave you all of the symptoms of the perimenopause. And her advice is be as persistent as you can. If you are not getting the right treatment, if your GP is refusing to give you HRT, then you must be very, very firm and write a letter to the surgery and complain about this. There is a list of symptoms on various websites that are officially recognised that you can take in to your doctor as well. Also, concerning us now is the impact the coronavirus is going to have on us, particularly women who may run out of HRT. There are shortages at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. So I think for general well-being, while we're staying at home, Dr Shazadi says... 
keep hydrated. Water is free. You don't have to go to the supermarket to get it. And look after your gut, which I thought was really interesting. So we really need to eat a varied diet with fruit and veg. And she advises taking a probiotic, if we can get one, to just boost our immunity and our mood, because I think we're all going to be a bit up and down, aren't yes. we? Yes. I mean, the gut's responsible for 90% of our happy neurotransmitters, she says. So mm. it produces serotonin, helps produce serotonin, which is responsible for 70% mm -hmm. of our immunity. So it would be wise to take care of that. We also asked the question that a lot of people have asked actually on our Instagram is how can I get HRT if I can't go to the doctor? Now, don't panic because some surgeries are having remote consultations. You can ring and ask for a PEEP prescription. You may not get as many months worth as you would have got with a, an actual uh, doctor's appointment. But be persistent because I know for some women the break in HRT will be monumentally awful actually and there will be many symptoms yeah. associated with it. And if you're perimenopausal and you're not on HRT and you're thinking, oh God, I really need to do something about it. Um, she suggests a supplement like Promensal or Menopace, red clover or black cohosh. She seems to think that sage helps with hot flushes and magnesium can help with anxiety. So it's worth considering those as well. And um, trying to do some yoga and Pilates um, yes. with a YouTube class. Yes, there is also um, Dr. Louise Newson's website, um, which is full of really, really helpful advice if you think you're perimenopausal, you have the symptoms and clearly you can't go to the doctor at the moment. Online, there's quite a lot of information, mm. but stick to the authoritative ones, mm. British Menopause Society, and, and make menopause matter. And Dr. Harper is going to be doing a live Instagram Q&A every week from now on. So she's putting a lot of things in place to try and help all of us women out there at this time of our life. And if you follow postcards from midlife on Instagram, we will start putting as much information as we can up as well, should you be in any situations where you need help. So we'll put contacts and books and websites and live Instagrams up there for you to follow. I wanted to just read out a lovely, lovely email that was um, after our doggy episode. When we talked oh. about our lovely dogs. We got a lovely... Dog uh, save the family. <laughs> somebody describes their increasingly bonkers dog, Rufus, who is a 10-year-old cocker. <laughs> oh, I love this one. Who yes. needs a bit of medication nowadays and they have to all... give it to him and his food yeah and but he's, he's kind of uh, a bit uh, wise to their ways and often sit next to his dog bowl and stare at it she says i've no idea how he discovered this trigger but when all else fails my husband calls a special rufus ringtone on his phone and has a inverted commas chat with the caller and he says oh yes rufus no i'm sorry he's not eating his breakfast yes <laughs> yes i'll tell him what you said and then when the call ends the dog eats rufus eats his breakfast they, you see they do understand us. oh i love it i love it Now we've come to the part in the show where we always do something that's changed our life, something that we're trying and a bit of nostalgia noodling. So, Lorraine, fire away. Well, what's changed my life this week is high-waisted jeans. Mm. Yeah, I know it's a bit retro, um, but they're actually very comfortable. Comfy, yeah. Um, and I've gone to a brand called Mother. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, really, really nice stretchy mm. fabric. Not jeggings. I wouldn't be seen dead in them. And are they obviously. kind of wide leg as well? Yeah, you have, wide have, leg they have the to be wide leg at the bottom, don't they? If you're a very short person, I'm five foot two, five foot five, mm -hmm. if anyone wants to know. <laughs> um, they're really comfy. They're really cool. And they just work. And I would never have thought high-waisted jeans would ever have worked on me. 
Life changer. I know. Mm. Yeah, midlife mm. changer. Mm. Um, something I've been trying this week is the um, two things, actually. eBay is about to launch its vintage hub. So you don't have to buy new, you can buy old. And I'm not talking about kind of collectible vintage, just generally secondhand. So that's very useful. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, you'll like this, Trish, because um, it involves sprouts. Oh, God. As a hopeless, terrible cook, Mm. like Wendy Craig in Butterflies, that's who I am. I love her. She's Uh, my icon. Dreadful cook. Uh, I'm more like, what's her name? Who? Not not Wendy, the other character. Oh. Oh, I can't remember. (laughs) Anyway... I found the BBC Good Food website. Oh, God. I know. That's been there for years. It's brilliant. I was like, brilliant. This is amazing. It's got loads of recipes on it. Anyway, you can use sprouts for other things instead of... Brussels sprouts? Yes. Of course you can. Like what? What? what Well, I made a sprout and mayonnaise salad. Oh, delicious. Who would have put a sprout in a salad? It's a whole new world has opened up for me in these self-isolating times. Um... And my little bit of nostalgia noodling is Jennifer Lopez in Hustler. Have you seen that? Oh, no. She can, it's another she can one do for things the old on a pole. Self-isolation. Oh, poles. Aged 50. <laughs> it's just amazing. She's just amazing. It's not an old film, but what she's wearing yes. in this is her Jenny from the Block look. Do you remember oh, that? yes. She's wearing these massive hoop earrings. Oh, brilliant. See, I'm, I'm going to say next time I see you, yes. you're going to be wearing some hoop earrings. I am. Um, I'll be Loza from the Moors. <laughs> That's where I'm from, the Cornish Moors scene. Uh, Lots of from the Moors. Icon, icon. Right. So for Talk me, to me about cats, Trish. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what changed my life oh, first. Okay. Okay. So that's actually um somebody I don't know where I found it, a book by uh, I don't think it's a new book, but by Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. TV doctor. Um, oh, his this book is called... more woo-woo nonsense, <laughs> well, it's not isn't really. it? It's it's called Stress Solutions, Four Steps to a Calmer, Happier You. And I just thought, oh, yes, here we go. And actually, it's a really <laughs> nicely written, thoughtful book that's very easy to read, divided into four key sections, as you can imagine, because there's four steps. And it's almost like everything that you know that you should know and that you should do all sort of laid out very um, clearly and easily to digest. And the first thing I've been doing from it is doing a morning morning affirmation. Oh, for God's sake. I knew you'd like that. (laughs) What are you saying? I'm not telling you that. I'm not sharing. It's very personal. But it's uh, it's something what? about yourself and and what you have to believe in yourself, and you have to say it over Make and over. Make me Jenny from the block. Yes, that's mine. <laughs> exactly. And by the end of the day, you will be uh, Jenny from the block. Well, I've got the earrings. Yeah, there we go. It's, you've made a start. So that's um, that's great. Is it like asking the universe where you write it down and put it under your pillow or throw it out the oh, window? Well, you could do. You could try that. That's I a don't, thing. He doesn't recommend that. Right. So that's that's that. Dressed. Um, do you have to be dressed for it? <laughs> I'm going to tell you the next thing because okay. you're going to hate this even more. <laughs> what I'm trying is I'm um, clipping my clap. My- <laughs> clipping your clap. What's this? I don't. I think I don't want to know this. You do. I'm clipping my cat's claws. After Margot I'm not from a the fan of cats. I know you're as not. You know. Margot. Margot's quite nice. She's but the, but the thing she's, she's not, not nice quite is nice. She claws all our blooming furniture and makes big holes. Top her feet off. Well, not quite. But she, the vet showed us how to actually how clip to... her claws with these special little claw clippers. This sounds like a YouTube video it to me. Could be. Maybe I could do a whole new channel. What, on how the... do you do it then? Would you well, have to hold you, her down? Somebody has to hold her salts? and then you just sort of 
press her little paw and her claws will come out and you've got these special little blunt clippers. What do you mean clippers. her claws will come out? Well, they just what pop are they out. They're retractable, aren't they? So they pop out. If you press her little paw... Is she a real cat? She is. She's, she is, unfortunately. <laughs> Poor Margot. <laughs> right. And then my nostalgia noodling is actually a bit of a sad one. Um, <laughs> so my son, it's his last day of school today. Unexpected, but that's the way it is because he's going to be going to a sixth form college from September, hopefully. And every year I've done a lovely first day of school photo of him going down the path um, getting older and older and spottier and bigger and taller and lovelier and uh, I did one today of him leaving school because he's obviously really sad about it he's going to be saying goodbye a very sudden goodbye to all of his friends so we're going to get out those sweet little photos and um, yeah and add this one to that little collection we did the same yeah We've got a picture of the girls outside the little infant school, which is actually opposite our house where they first went. And um, I made them go and stand outside this oh, morning in their little yeah. uniforms yeah. again. Not so. for them, for us. But they'll they'll appreciate it in years to but come. They were quite embarrassed. Of course they were. But it's very sad. It's a very sad it time. Is, it's it a is. little bit of loss, isn't it? It's the yeah. end of childhood, really. Yeah, I think so. But onwards and upwards. So that brings us to the end of this episode and actually to the end of this series of postcards from midlife. What fun we've had, Trish. (laughs) My favourite episode's been sitting here in the car with you recording this. Honestly, never thought this would where we would end. We've been watching the trees and the birds. It's been very nice. Um, So thank you so much for listening. We're going to be continuing the conversation on Instagram and Facebook too. Hopefully, yes. And please do rate and review us on your app and listen out for when we'll be back, which should be in about six weeks, two months. There will be another series of postcards from midlife. Hurrah. 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 (laughs) See you next time. Goodbye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.